0: Well, good morning and welcome this morning to Hope Baptist Church. You may have realized by now, but we're not meeting in the way that we normally meet together. Instead, today, right across this city, life groups are going to be happening and meeting together, and you're going to be fellowshipping together, worshipping together, and discussing scripture together in small groups. But right now, we're going to open up the Bible together. We're going to look at some scripture in order to aid your discussions a little bit later on. If you've got a Bible with you, if you want to turn with me to the book of Luke and chapter 20, that's where we're going to be today. But before we do that, let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you and praise you today that we can gather. Father God, I want to thank you and praise you today for your words. Father God, I want to thank you and praise you today for your church. Even though this has been an incredibly tough season for us, we thank you that your church has not ceased your church has carried on and found innovative ways to meet and to worship. So Lord God, will you be with us today? Will you excite us for your words? Will you encourage us with fellowship? Will you challenge us, Lord God, today we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation, I wonder, where you haven't been totally sure who has authority? Who is in charge. Maybe you've been in a situation where someone has taken authority but really they don't have the right to do so. I remember growing up in Portsmouth in a quite a rough school. Nothing would please us more than having a supply teacher on any given day because we realised that as soon as the supply teacher came into the classroom they had no authority and often we would see how long it would take us to make the supply teacher run out of the class crying. It was a rough school and I don't condone that but that's what happened because they simply didn't have the authority that they thought they had. Maybe you have been in a meeting a little bit like this one that I'm just about to show you where no one knows who has the authority and actually as a result things have got a little bit heated. We'll start the, we'll start the meeting and I want to repeat what I said at the beginning of the last meeting that this meeting has not been called according to the law. The law chairman, has been broken. Has been properly will called. you please let the chair. Weaver, please. To disrupt this meeting, I will have to remove you from it. You can't. It's only the chairman who can remove people from a meeting. You have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. No authority at all. She's just kicked him out. I, I, no, no, she's kicked him out. Don't, no, don't. She's kicked him out. Don't. This is a meeting called by two councillors. Illegally. they may now elect a chairman. No, they can't because the vice chair's here. I take charge. I Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them! <gasps> the issue that we see played out for us today in this particular passage is an issue of authority. You see, when Jesus came into Jerusalem in Luke chapter 19, a passage that we looked at together a couple of weeks ago, by entering into Jerusalem the way he did and by doing the things that he did once he was there, he was effectively making two statements about his authority. By entering Jerusalem on a donkey, He was saying that he is the promised Messiah, the one that the people of Israel had been waiting for, longing for and praying for for so long. By overturning the table, he was effectively saying he has authority in the most holy of places in the temple because he was cleansing that place of the sin which was going on there. And after that, what he did is he would teach in the temple on a daily basis. And this really aroused the anger of the religious elite. They did not believe that he had the authority to be doing the things that he was doing. And we read these words in verse 47 of Luke chapter 19. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. It was bad enough that Jesus had entered Jerusalem in the way that he did. It was bad enough that he had come in and overturned the tables and the money changers and the things which were happening there. But now he was teaching on a daily basis in this place. Now he had gone a step too far. So the religious leaders, they wanted him off the scene. And there are three things that I want us to see this morning about Jesus' authority and about effectively his rejection by the religious leaders and I want us to look at how these things may apply to us and our lives today. Number one that we're going to see today is simply this. The religious leaders did not reject Jesus because of a lack of knowledge, rather they rejected Jesus because of an unwillingness to accept the truth. Let's look at Luke chapter 20 verses 1 to 8 together right now. We read these words. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him and said, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? They said, Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or human origin? They discussed this among themselves and they said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, well, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they were persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, we do not know where he is from. And Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. The first attack of Jesus came in the form of a question, a question about his authority. They wanted to know who gave him permission to act in the way that he was acting in the temple. But this wasn't a question to gain information they weren't asking it because they genuinely wanted to know the answer rather they were asking this question because they wanted to trip him up they knew that the wrong answer could potentially do very very serious damage to jesus and they wanted to embarrass him they wanted to back him into a corner you see if jesus had answered this question by saying well no one has given this authority to me to do, I'm doing this off my own back. He would have been in trouble in acting in the way he was acting in the temple without any permission or authority. And he probably would have been stoned for doing what he was doing. But if he had said, God has given me this authority to do what I am doing, he would have been in danger of causing a religious riot. And that could have been just as bad for Jesus. So what does he do? Well, he takes the advice that we see written in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 5, which says this, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Otherwise, you yourself will be like him. So Jesus responds with a question of his own. And he effectively says, the answer to my question is the same as the answer to your question. So he asks this question about John the Baptist. Now, The question that Jesus poses about John the Baptist is an equally tricky question to answer. John the Baptist was a popular hero. People had come for miles and miles around and repented their sin and had been baptised by John and the message that he brought. But this was a message which was rejected by the religious leaders of the day. So they had this dilemma about how they were going to answer this question. If we say from heaven, he will ask, well, why didn't you believe in them? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they were persuaded that John was a prophet. Notice that the religious leaders, they're not concerned about the truth. They're only concerned about the consequences. So they lie and they say, we don't know where the authority come for John. You see, their rejection of Jesus is not about lack of knowledge. They knew and they understood the scriptures. And if they had put two and two together, they would have come to the conclusion that Jesus is the promised Messiah. But their rejection of his authority comes down to an unwillingness to accept the truth. There's a real challenge there for us, isn't there? I wonder how often God has spoken to us and we know that God is calling us to do something. We know that God is calling us to act in a certain way. Maybe it's to repent of a sin which has been going on in our lives. Maybe it's to make peace with someone who has hurt us. We know that God is saying something to us, but we are rejecting that authority and we are unwilling to act on what he is telling us to do. You see, the question that we need to ask ourselves is simply this. Whose authority do I come under? Do I come under the authority of myself or the one who is most high, King Jesus? And am I willing to accept what he says and do what he asks me to do, even when it's really tough? You know, you can know all the Bible in the world. You can know it upside down, back to front, left to right, Hebrew, Greek, whatever. But unless we're willing to put it into practice, It ultimately counts for nothing. Who has the authority in your life today? The second thing I believe we see from this passage that we're going to look at together in Luke chapter 20 is the rejection of Jesus ultimately led to his death. We read these words together in Luke 29 to 16. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it out to some farmers and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty handed. He sent another servant, but that one they also beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty handed. He sent a third and they wounded him and they threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, what should I do? I'll send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked together over this matter. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. In this section of this passage Jesus speaks a parable and what he does when he speaks this parable is he shows us that our sin, all of those things that we think, say and do which offend the holy God are progressive. The more we sin the worse it becomes. The tenants in the story they start by beating a servant then they go on to wounding other servants and ultimately what ends up happening is they commit murder. And look at what we see in the lives of these religious leaders. They were the ones who permitted John the Baptist to be killed. They then asked for Jesus to be crucified. Now when we get to the book of Acts, we see these very same people picking up stones and throwing them at Stephen until he dies. Ultimately, a rejection of Jesus' authority led to their hearts becoming hard and then committing the unthinkable. And they allowed Jesus to die as a result of that sin is progressive and it needs to be taken seriously what often might seem like fun or harmless entertainment or activities what doesn't really hurt anyone can lead down a very very slippery slope to a point where we don't know what's going on in our lives and we don't know who we've hurt and who we have Done things to and ultimately have rejected God in such a way that we're not even sure if He exists anymore. Sin is progressive. The sin of the religious leaders, the rejection by the religious leaders, ultimately led to Jesus' death because they were on a slippery slope away from God. And that leads me to our third point today that ultimately. The rejection of Jesus has lasting and eternal consequences in our lives. We read this in verses 17 to 18 together today. Jesus looked directly at them and asked them, what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. The rejection of Jesus' authority has eternal consequences. What we see laid out for us at the end of this parable is a choice, a choice of brokenness, Those who cast themselves onto Jesus, submitting their wills and their ways and their hard hearts, their arrogance and their God forsakenness onto him and allowing themselves to be broken. It's not a pleasant thing, but ultimately it leads to what the Bible calls sanctification, being made more like Jesus, being made in his image, being made the person that we were always called to be or the other choice that this passage leaves us with is that that stone falls on us, on the people who choose to reject the authority of God which has the eternal consequences. Consequences which mean an eternity apart from God in a place that the Bible calls hell. Notice in verse 19 of what we read today, the teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them but they were afraid of the people. The teachers of the law they knew that Jesus had spoken directly against them but their hearts were too proud to repent so they rejected his authority and they looked for another way to get rid of him. The real question that all of us need to grapple with this morning is simply this. Is Jesus the one who is Lord of our lives? Have we given him the authority that only he ultimately deserves? I often liken it to my house we love having people over to our house and generally if you come over to our house we are more than happy to entertain you but naturally there will always be some rooms which when people come over we don't allow people to see because what happens is we might tidy up the living room so we've got a nice living room space where people can come into but actually all the, the rest of the stuff is shoved into other rooms in the house which are a little bit messy you know authority when it comes to Jesus can be a little bit like that. Jesus, you can have this part of my life, but you can't have this. You can have this part of my life, Jesus, my nice everyday life, but my dark side, the things that I'm worried about, the things that I'm ashamed about, the things that ultimately I don't think anyone wants to know about, I'm keeping them locked away. Ultimately, Giving Jesus authority in our lives means surrendering our whole selves to Him, our our whole will, our whole ways, our whole being, and saying, King Jesus, will you have your way in my life? It means accepting His truth and accepting what He says, even when we find it difficult. It means recognizing that the sin in our life not only led to the death of Jesus on the cross, but if we don't do something about it, will lead to us living apart from him. And it means bowing the knee to him and saying, Jesus, you can have it all today. We are left with a choice. We can choose to reject Jesus. We can choose to not listen to what he says and allow those far-reaching consequences to ultimately play out. Or today, the good news is that you can know freedom, you can know forgiveness, you can know peace, and you can know joy. And you can be made more like Jesus Christ, not because anything you or I can do, but because he has already done it. What will you choose today? Christian, if you're listening to this and you've been a Christian for a long time, then I would encourage you once again Just to say to Jesus today, Jesus, have your way in my life. What is it that Jesus has been saying to you that maybe you have been putting off for days, weeks, maybe even months? Come back to those moments, accept his authority in every area of your life, not just the pleasant bits, not just the bits you're willing for people to see, and allow him to change you today. Let's pray together. Father God, we recognise that in this passage today, there was rejection of your authority. Today, we are sorry for the times when we too reject that authority because we are unwilling to accept the truth. We'd rather hide in the darkness. Lord, will you help us to see those areas of our life where we maybe have not yet given you authority, where we have not truly handed you control? Forgive us, Lord God, for our sin today. We recognise that when we look at these people in the Bible, These people who rejected you so often we do the same and today we ask for your forgiveness and we ask for you once again to take control of our lives. Help us Lord God fall on the mercy of the cornerstone today knowing that in the process of transformation though there might be painful moments you're working everything together for our good to make us more like Christ in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy your life groups today. Enjoy the conversations you'll be having. And why not ask each other today, challenge each other about areas of our lives where maybe we haven't given God authority today. Do you know that the best way to be able to give God authority in our lives is to walk the journey with others, to allow others to speak into our lives and challenge us in certain aspects and certain areas of our life. That way we become more like Christ and we grow together. God bless you. Have a lovely rest of your day.